Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trading mixed this morning. The Nikkei is up a quarter of a percent. Sydney and Seoul in negative territory. The ASX 200 in Sydney down 0.4%. Seoul is trading marginally lower. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. What day is it today? I believe it's hump day. That makes it Wednesday. (laughs) Just checking if you're still with us. Now, we begin this morning with the latest indication of how fast prices are rising in the United States. And that likely means for interest rates and also how investors, particularly when it comes to tech stocks, are not waiting for any more evidence. Wholesale prices in the U.S. surged 9.6% in November. That is the fastest increase on record. Although we should note that this gauge of wholesale prices only goes back about 10 years. So, Ryan, in what sector are we seeing inflation rising the fastest? Uh, Let's take a look at those um, wholesale numbers. So, 9.6%, that is for the past 12 months for November, and it is the highest level going back to November 2010. So, it is something above expectations. And if you just zoom in on the producer price index for November, um, that is alone uh, at 0.8% above consensus forecast of 0.5%. So it is adding fuel to the narrative of how inflation effects are still quite some ways very sticky and actually not so transitory as people were looking out for. So looking at what demand for goods continue to be the biggest drivers, we are looking at the usual suspects. So supply chain bottlenecks and surging demand, the primary drivers of inflation and energy prices jumped another 2.6%. Transportation and warehousing increased 1.9%. So you have all these business activity type of prices adding to the inflationary numbers. Yeah, iron and steel scrap prices surging 10.7%. The US Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee in the midst of a two-day meeting is going to issue an announcement this evening about the Fed's bond purchases and interest rates. So with US prices rising faster than before and few signs, if any, that inflation will let up, the Fed is under increased pressure to tighten monetary policy. What are you looking for when Jerome Powell speaks tonight? Yeah, one you're expected to see the Fed at least talk about quickening the pace of tapering. So that will set up the stage for interest rate hikes sooner rather than later. And looking at what market expectations are right now, we could see the end of the bond buying program brought forward to March from June. And that could see a few rate hikes next. So two or three. And then the following year in 2023, three or four. So that is what market watchers are looking out for. And of course, uh, maybe a new word to describe inflation. No more transitory. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. US investors sold off overnight amid expectations that the Fed will tighten the screws on monetary policy faster than previously expected. The Nasdaq dropped more than 1%. The Dow only fell 0.3%. Why was the tech sector the hardest hit? Yeah, typically this is the correlation when it comes to what happens with rates and growth names. So typically the high multiple tech companies 
companies, they see their future cash flow projections being eaten away when you get higher rates. That is how the calculations are done. When you have higher mm-hmm. rates, brings down the cash flow projections and also the higher cost of borrowing. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these metrics just weighing on those growth stocks. And for investors, it's you no know, sell first and ask questions later because we've seen quite a huge run up in tech names in the past few years. So when there's an excuse to take profit, I think this is it. If we could dive further into the tech sector, cloud computing companies really took a tumble. Cloudflare dropped 9%. Adobe had its second worst day of the year, falling 7%. Zscaler almost off 8%. The sell-off following a pessimistic outlook on the sector by JP Morgan. So Ryan, cloud computing, data storage companies, they've been darlings of the market. So why has JP Morgan turned bearish on the sector? Yeah, I think it's a couple of reasons, mm-hmm. right? You've got what we talked about, the rising rates, not great for technology names. So when you're thinking about parking your money, it's going to be opportunity costs. You know? Moving your money somewhere else where you could get more upside. And we talked about how technology names have been enjoying a good run in the past few years. And just to give you an example, if you look at where Adobe is trading at right now, it's at 21 times revenue and shares of Adobe are up 31% this year. It is outperforming the S&P 500, which is at 20%. So you've got a strong rally in many of these tech names and JP Morgan just saying, hey, with what's on the horizon, high interest rates and the possibility of lower upside when you look at what's happening elsewhere, the reopening names, where else you can make money, more money at least. So that is where you've got a downgrade across a couple of software names from JP Morgan. If we return to Fed policy for a moment, Ryan, investors are widely expecting the U.S. central bank to accelerate the end of its bond buying program. Uh, This is intended to boost longer term interest rates. Now, should Asian investors be concerned about this? I mean, what impact is this likely to have on Asian markets? So if you go by what some analysts are saying, you don't have a lot to worry. And this comes from UOB. Mm-hmm. And they are saying, you know, cast your mind back to 2013, we had a taper tantrum when the Fed said they would begin to wind down their asset purchase program. And then you had panic across the board. People were just not sure what to do. And in some ways, it took people by surprise. But this time around, it's a very different setting mm-hmm. where you've got a Fed talking about it for so long, for the past few months and years. We've seen this coming and to a certain extent as well, we've seen many of these Asian countries beefing up their systems and financial systems as well. So that is now putting them at a stronger position where they are able to weather these type of um, tantrums if it even happens at all. So that is from that point of view where UOB says it will be of little impact because it is already well telegraphed and there's going to be a lot of buffer for Asian markets. Next up, as we assess the market impact, what impact are these expectations of a tighter monetary policy having on the US dollar? Okay, let's take a look at where we are for the US dollar. And the dollar index is at 96.5. That is very near a one-week high. So we've been seeing a bit of a rise off the back of the expectations. We will see tighter monetary policy from the Fed. So that has been helping to support the US dollar. And in fact, it's been expected for the past year or so. And that has seen the US dollar gaining year-to-date 
7.3%. And for the past month, it's up 0.6% on the dollar index. So if you look at where we are going into next year with the hawkish tone about 2022, where we could see more rate hikes, mm-hmm. that could add more support for the greenback. So that is possibly going to mean a stronger US dollar versus many of its peers. Ryan, the Fed is not the only central bank reassessing monetary policy right now. The Bank of England also facing pressure to raise interest rates from the International Monetary Fund, though so far it doesn't seem ready to do so. And in Japan, the BOJ seems to have taken a sort of stealth approach towards tapering. Tell us more. Yeah, so this is how different the two central banks communicate. So you've heard a lot from the Fed and in a way, it's how the media plays it up as well. They are in the spotlight a bit more because they do interview views and reporters chase after them. So you've got all these headlines always circulating around the media and investors digest them more regularly than what we get from BOJ. And the Bank of Japan, in many ways, don't go about talking about monetary policy so much so. Um, You've got, for example, the governor always on the down low, not really giving much talk about what the central bank is doing. And when he's confronted if some ideas, for example, whether the BOJ is tapering, he tries to downplay and be vague about what the BOJ is doing. So what we have here is the BOJ in effect tapering, but not talking about it. So the action is coming ahead of the talking. And since March, apparently, according to some data, uh, they have already started to cut back on their bond buying and their stock buying. So that is something that's already playing out under the radar. So it's something to keep watch on. And for now, BOJ keeping rather quiet on that front. And it seems like they are trying to be flexible, so not really committing to it by talking about what they're doing. So once they talk about it, they Mm. are kind of tied to that commitment, right? So that is what they're trying to do, stay under the radar, be flexible in order to keep the options open. Okay, from BOJ, let's turn to corporate news. I'm going to turn to a story that we talked about on the show yesterday. QT Vascular, the Catalyst-listed medical company, is scheduled to have an EGM today with a vote to remove its directors. A group of unhappy shareholders is challenging the current leadership team. But if the vote goes through, the company will be left directorless in violation of SGX rules. So, Ryan, how are QT Vascular's current directors reacting? Okay, so it's another saga this year to keep track of. So what's happening here is QT Vascular saying its directors will not be attending an upcoming EGM that's happening today. And this is where the EGM would have supposedly seen some of the previous failed would-be directors try another round for board seats. So there was actually a meeting um, last week where they were gunning for those board seats, but they failed. And just hours after they failed, they bought up more shares and requisitioned for another shareholder meeting. So this is where you're getting a bit of a dispute. So now you've got QT Vascular disputing the fact that you've got a meeting being called for just four hours after the previous meeting, going for the same resolutions. And they are questioning the fact that it's not fair, it's not according to the spirit of the law or even the letter of the law because you're deciding on the same things again, not taking into account or respecting the will of shareholders in the previous meeting just hours earlier. So they are questioning that and it is going to be something to uh, watch closely to see how this plays out. Who wins? Yeah, I mean, was there an abuse of shareholder rights or not? Let's turn to up or down. Ryan, let's start with Comfort Delgro. 
Okay, this is going to be an up for me. So it's bought more stock in Stagecoach Group, which is a UK public transport provider. That will then make ComfortDelGro the second largest intercity coach operator in Britain and will then get a 11% market share in the country. So going up for ComfortDelGro. Yeah, certainly up, up. China Mobile? I am going up for China Mobile. They have received approval to list publicly in Shanghai. So you might remember last year, they were delisted in the US along with two other Chinese telecom companies amidst the US-China tensions. So back on the capital markets and the Shanghai board soon. Yeah, so China Mobile may be banned from the US, but it is preparing for this mega listing in Shanghai. So it's up for me when it comes to China Mobile. Uh, The Tata Group, interesting doubling down. That's going to be an up for me. And it's interesting because it's going back into a business it exited 23 Mm. years ago. So it's jumping back into the cosmetics business. So it's apparently diversifying in some way because this is a big piece of the pie. They are trying to capture the market worth $20 billion in India by 2025. So something they are trying to turn their attention to right now. Okay, the Indian conglomerate moving back into the business that it's most associated with the beauty business, which it exited two decades ago. But Tata says will be a key focus area now. So, yeah, it's a huge market for local market for cosmetics in India, right? 20 billion by 2025, massive. Now, let's look at Terra Wolf. That's a crypto miner backed by Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, so it's going to be a down for me. So the background to Terra Wolf is it's being built as a more friendly, environmentally friendly way of processing crypto transactions. So that is a pitch. Mm-hmm. So they had a debut on the Nasdaq, but it did not go well. The stock dropped to as low as $20 after being listed at $25. So that's a 20% decline. So not a lot of investors interested in that pitch, at least at that price. Yeah, at one point, shares dipped 40%. A couple more quick headlines to explore before we check in on markets. First, there seems to be some good news about Pfizer's COVID-19 pill. What's the latest on this front? Okay, Pfizer has come out to kind of confirm their earlier promise that their COVID pill will be effective against severe disease in the COVID-19 fight. So this is in a key clinical trial and the percentage given is 88%. It will reduce the risk of hospitalization and death when given to unvaccinated people at high risk of severe COVID within five days of the onset of symptoms. Mm-mm. So, good news for sure. Another headline that caught my eye, Ryan, is about a music bond. What would you think about investing in a 300 million US dollar bond that is backed by music rights for Tim McGraw and the classic rock band The Who? Yeah, I would say it's quite refreshing, right? We talk about NFTs and this and that so much. So this is quite an exciting prospect. The music you stream can go towards paying for this bond. At least um, that's how it's being pitched, right? They are packaging music rights into a bond. So the likes of the Who, Tim McGraw will be part of this asset-backed security. So it's something of a case of, if you can package it, you can sell it. (laughs) Finally, fat fingers, no one likes them and they can be very, very costly. We've talked in this show about the Bored Ape NFTs and if you hadn't seen images of them, you need to Google it. Well, overnight, a trader made a very costly mistake. What happened? Yeah, so what was supposed to be sold for? $4.5 
$300,000 was sold for $3,000. So this is a big mistake. Apparently a trader was supposed to type in the price for 75 Ether. But he typed in 0.75 Ether. I can kind of get it because when you're dealing with crypto, right, you've got so many decimal points sometimes. Mm-mm. You can get confused. And if you're staying up late tracking coins and numbers, you can also lose your concentration. Apparently, that was what happened. A lapse led to an accident, a very expensive one. Oh, how sad. Just like that, 250000 was gone, he said. All right, let's turn to Singapore now. We are 22 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished flat yesterday at 31.21. How is the SCI trading this morning? All right, let's take a check in with the Singapore markets. It's pretty much in line with what you're seeing across the region, which has been quite mixed, mostly down. You've got the STI lower by 0.3%, 3,112. And looking at the STI, it is mostly red right now. And you've got right at the bottom, Dewey Farm, continuing yesterday's slide, is now down by 2% at 283 at the other end of the table, you've got Comfort Downgrow up 1.4% at $1.40 off the back of the news that it has increased its stake in um, this company, transport company in the UK that will allow it to be um, the second largest coach, intercity coach company in the UK. And one more worth watching will mm-hmm. be Hatton then, it's seeking shareholder approval to diversify into crypto mining, renewable energy, and metaverse businesses. So interesting. And it is now up in early trading by 2% at 4.7 cents. All right, coming up, we check in with the people from CoinFlex. They're going to tell us more about their um, tie-up with Bitcoin.com and uh, we'll check in with more on their products as well. FlexUSD, AMM Plus, Flex Asset, Flex Dow. All that coming up in just a while. Stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.